Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. Welcome everyone to the uh-huh. podcast. What is it all for? Nice. I'm your host, Caroline Zook. Oh, cool. This is my husband. Oh, nice. You like your attache. Zook. Your podcasting attache. What's an attache? Like a side thing, you know? It's like an attache, you know? So oh, it's my attache I don't over know. there. Feel confident that you're I mean correct. I'm European now, so I just You I would just, just add French things. words to things? Sure. You assume attache is a French word, you yeah. I think so, yeah. Anything with a little che at the end. Hey, let's jump right into it. Uh, just full disclosure, because we are about to pack up the current place that we're in. We have to drive to an airport, then we have to wait to get on a flight. That's our latest flight of the year, evening-wise. Uh, and, you know, there's just a lot of stuff we have to do, so we're going to try and go through this episode a little bit faster, so if it feels like, wow, that episode was shorter than normal, that's just the truth and the reality of full-time travel life. Sometimes you don't have that much time. Are you ready? Absolutely. Congratulations. Uh, Pramvel this week takes us to... Leicester, England. Now, some of you who live in England or the UK might be going, why did you go to Leicester? Some of you who have never heard of Leicester are probably thinking, why did you go to Leicester? And the reason is because... We found a great Airbnb and we didn't want to rent a car. Nice. That was a quiz and you passed. I was like, why should we? Um, and partially it, because uh, London, just the Airbnb prices are just too high for mm, yeah. what, what we're looking for to have more space. And as you know, we're not big city people, but we wanted the conveniences of a city for this particular leg of our trip without the full London experience. experience. The full big city experience. Although we did get to ride the train that was later on through London. And I enjoyed that so much more than I thought. In hindsight, should we have taken the train when we arrived? Yes. Instead of, yeah. Um, but I kind of now I'm like, mm, well, that it leaves us something to look forward to is I would like to stay in London sometime for like a weekend or something. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and share because a lot of times, again, you, you share only the highlight reel of this full-time travel adventure. And I want to also share the realities of some of the suckier parts. Oh, sure. So we had a couple options to get from Heathrow Airport, which is in London, right outside of London, to Leicester, which mm-hmm. is two hours drive, essentially, up a pretty straightforward highway in the UK. And so you have a couple options. You either rent a car, and then we would have to have a car and deal with a car, and we've already established that driving in the UK really is difficult for you. It's really bad for me. Uh, You could get a car, like a taxi, basically, to drive you up there, or you could take the train. And we chose, of all those three options, to get a car to drive us, a, a taxi, a private taxi, because we thought that a flight plus a train would really put a lot of tax on you. Yes, and we hadn't navigated the trains in England yet. So everything would have been new, and I just thought... And we would have been going, th- like, we had a, a train change that we would have had to do as well. It oh, yeah, there was like a train a... change. Yeah, and so I just thought that's a lot to try to... The, now, the irony looking back yes. is I felt great when I got off the plane, not going to lie. Yeah. And I, I definitely could have handled that and probably would have enjoyed a, a train so much more. Yes. Because we unfortunately... Um, <laughs> it's a roll of the dice whenever you have a driver, right? Like sometimes you get fantastic drivers. Sometimes you get less and than great drivers. And this is any, this drivers. is like an Uber driver. This is a Lyft driver. Like anybody who has ever gotten in a car. You're just, you're at driving. the mercy of exactly. someone else's driving. Do you remember the Uber driver we had in San Francisco? So no. many years ago. You don't remember that? No. It Locked was very similar out. to this one. Locked that out. It was a person whose foot 
cannot stop flexing up and down on the accelerator pedal. Yeah, we're not going to take you through all the rigmarole of it. Um, funny enough, I think, Jason, actually, it affected you actually much more. The two-hour drive ironic. took three and a half hours. At about the halfway point, I almost asked him to pull over to just let us out. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Jason was like, please get me out. Because I think it was compounded for me on the uncomfortability of just being in the car with this bad driver and then wor worrying about how awful it was for you. So yeah. it was like 2x like Which difficulty I level for kid me. Which I kid you not, I closed my eyes and I probably just closed my eyes and rubbed my temples for like an hour straight and was just like transported myself somewhere else. But how long did the clock moved when you opened your eyes back oh, up? Oh, Jason and I were both counting the clock. This is how the minutes. not great it was. The minutes. We were counting the clock. It just, yeah, it wasn't great. Should have um, taken the train. So anyway, the train. We, we got to Leicester. We had found this Airbnb many months ago. And it was basically like the top floor apartment of a like four-story apartment building in downtown Leicester. And it turned out to just be fantastic. Loved it. One of our best Loved. Airbnbs of the year. Uh, it was a, basically like you walk into it and you have three bedrooms on the lower level, which were all nice and like updated bathrooms and everything. And then you go upstairs and you have a full open living dining mm. kitchen, which we just love. But the best part was it had all of these like, kind of like garage style windows, mm -hmm. if you will. And there was a giant tree yeah. that like wrapped around the whole thing. And so it felt like you were in a tree house. Yeah. They, I think you called it like the tree, tree, tree side, side retreat, retreat or something. something like that. Yeah. But it was very much that. And fall, it was like just on the cusp of summer fall. Mm -hmm. So like leaves were turning a little bit and falling and like, it just, Oh, they were falling. The leaves were falling. Yeah. That's nice. It made me so happy going up there every morning and having my coffee. So, the truth of the matter is we didn't feel exactly at home in our element in the city of Leicester, I would say. Right. But Which we city definitely felt at home in the Airbnb. In the home. Yeah. This this two weeks for us, just to share what it's like when you're doing full-time travel, and this was like getting into the, our eighth month of full-time travel, is that you just need breaks. Yeah. And the reality is that go, 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 see places, do cool things eat awesome food. Like it's fantastic. And I am not complaining whatsoever, but I'm just explaining the fact that the reality is that you get tired and that you need time to just slow down. And also we're running two businesses. We're managing mental health and we're also trying to move to Portugal. Mm -hmm. So it's just all of these things. And I think this time worked out really well oh my for gosh, us. It was perfect. And the only hiccup was that my asthma, which we've talked about yeah. in a couple separate episodes flared back up again uh, and so there's definitely something with the hay fever, UK allergies that really was setting me off mm -hmm. because since leaving there, it has gotten better mm -hmm. again. As you can hear, I'm talking without coughing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a real interesting thing just about that, that we'll just have to know moving forward. But anyway, the, the city of Leicester had a lot of great things to offer and yeah. a lot of modern conveniences, which is again, one of the reasons we chose a city. By the end of it, I was just having so much fun. Like running errands and being able to walk to run errands. Yeah. I do love that. You definitely get the reason why some people live in a city. Like for Absolutely. those of us who are not city folk and we've always lived, always lived outside of a city. It's like, how could you ever live in a city? Yeah. And then when you stay in a city for two weeks and you're like, Oh, I can order any food I want. I can walk to any store I want. I can get anything I want just by going downstairs. I see some appeal to Absolutely. that for sure. You're not trapped in a car. Um, two of our big highlights of this trip. Uh -huh. uh, one was meeting a Waymer named Isa. Mm -hmm. And Waymer, for those of you who are wandering Aimfully members, and she actually took that train up that we should have taken yes. from London to meet us. And it was so lovely. The best part, though, besides the fact that she was lovely, because that was the best part. That's the best part. The second best part she surprised me. Oh. Cinnamon rollers. She's a cinnamon roller, by the way. Self-proclaimed. She Self -proclaimed, knows what's up. Of course. Surprised us with Crosstown 
donuts. Yeah. So it was a cinnamon swirl donut. So picture like a nice sourdough donut with a glaze on top and just a cinnamon swirl throughout. Woo! How happy. And two of them. I not know. just one. Oh, I was so happy that she thought to bring two. I know she brought two to, for you to have oh, one. Oh, yeah, but. You didn't get mm-mm, one. No. You, no, Did no. you have a bite? I did. Okay, I good. had a bite. Yeah. I can't even remember. But now, it's what's, just. What's the second thing about Lester that was our favorite part of being a well, Lester? I also want to mention that she also oh, yes, makes. Oh, yes, sorry. I'm so sorry. Cinnamon rollers. Earrings. Yeah. And so she knows that earrings are the way to my heart. They're not edible, but they are visually delicious. Did you try to eat them? Do you know that they're not edible? Mm, haven't tried. Okay. Wouldn't recommend. All okay. right. <laughs> and so she also made me a beautiful pair of earrings. Um, and it was just so fun. So fun meeting yeah, her. Just, so fun to chat yep. and just reminisce and kind of put a real human being face to online relationships is always fun. Yeah. The second thing about Lester, is that what you're asking me? Yeah. What stands out to you? The second thing about Lester that stands out to This is putting you on, on, me on the, on the uh, cusp here. You can do it. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> the bagel restaurant. <laughs> okay, we can say, I actually forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> this is your first bagel sandwich. Babe, isn't that weird? That's the first time you've coughed. I know. Why did you just do that? Just talking about less. Uh, I don't know. No idea. Um, I was very like uh, like accusatory. Well, no, but I'm just on, like I'm on the witness stand. We, we've been talking for four I days know. now, and you haven't coughed at all. Psychosomatic. Psychosomatic. You had your first breakfast bagel sandwich in we discovered four years. Four years, which is kind of silly thing to even bring up or talk about, but it's just one of those things that like you just forget it's or one you of don't my do. Favorite things to I eat. I know, which is wild. An egg, bacon, cheese. On an onion bagel sandwich. Yeah. yeah. You, and because gluten, I yeah. hadn't. And then. You just said, screw it. I just said, screw it. After that drive that we had, you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up about Lester was us going shopping for the wedding attire, which oh. we will talk about in a future Prambell. That's right. Which was just fun. It, like, we never, we are not two people who shop a lot. But I just, I had a really good time because. You did? There, yeah, there was a very specific Luke that I was going for <laughs> for this wedding. And it was a summer wedding in a country, which we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, it was just like, I don't know, it was kind of fun to be like, okay, let me like find this right. out, this it specific thing It was fun because out. we were like, yeah, seeking the emission. out- Emission. Uh, the emission. At emission. At a and it was very satisfying. This is where you and I are just like made for each other because we had a very specific time frame yeah. before, because I had to get my nails done for said wedding. And so we were like, we're going to go shopping and we're going to, we have to get all the things on our mission list yes. before- the 2 p.m. or whatever so I can go get my nails done and like we just hit the nail on the head. We really did a good job. We just got all the things on our list. You even got some socks and which I was great. even got some socks. Yeah. No, I got the socks later. That was a different trip? It was once we got here. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought you okay. got some socks. That's right. Oh, that's right. You it was that I showed you the dinosaur socks because oh, okay. anyone who's listened to our Portugal content knows dinosaurs are big. Dinosaurs are big. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I think I did a good job of pulling off our summer wedding attire mission, and mm-hmm. I nailed that, uh, and it was just fun to be able to like sort that out. That is one thing that I think we'll talk about in future episodes of the podcast, is just like, we have this wardrobe that you can fit in two suitcases mm-hmm. for an entire year. Mm-hmm. It covers every season you could imagine, mm-hmm. but you wear through things Oh yeah, quickly, and there's the reality of, you know, this trip is coming to an end here towards the end of this year, and we're going to be living in our new home in Portugal, and boy, are we excited to get some, like, new clothes oh God, just that feel like they things. haven't been, like, jammed in a suitcase just 68 one times. one or two things. Uh, like, but I think that'll be really fun just to, like, kind of go through that process of 
thank you clothing in our suitcases that made us through a whole year. But like now I'm excited to have some clothes that like I'm actually kind of excited to wear. It's not just more like utilitarian. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm wearing when I'm on a plane. This is what I'm wearing when I'm on a train. This is what I'm wearing when I'm walking yeah, to a train. And I think it's kind of funny because after this year, I'll have such a better idea of building like a, a little capsule wardrobe because now I know what I reach for. Yeah. Like to a T in certain yeah. scenarios, I can see it so distinctly because I only have a couple of options. And so I'll know kind of what to go with. But it, I don't think we spend enough time talking about how hard it is to have the perfect amount of things in your suitcase that need to be applicable for every the, possible where, weather. Not just weather, like differences between climates, but also differences between like some countries we go to. There are just like certain clothing norms, I guess you could say. And it doesn't matter that much, right? But yeah. you kind of want to seamlessly fit into the place that you're in. You don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. And so it's kind of funny to have to have these items in your closet that can be combined so that you like fit in in like a downtown split Croatia. Yeah. But then you also fit in, oh, I was almost said this country that we're in. <laughs> in other countries. In another country. Well, yeah. And like part of it too, and I know some people, they just like get rid of their wardrobe and they just change wardrobes as they travel. Like I've heard people talk about that. But for us, we didn't want to do that. That feels wasteful. Like I have all of my waterproof, cold weather, everything that like has not left its place in my suitcase. And I just feel like the next time I put that on, it's going to smell weird. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I was like where is, is he going with it? It has been smushed smell in the weird. side of a suitcase for so long. <laughs> uh, anyway, last part of Lester I wanted to share was Tomo. Keyword Tomo. Do you remember Tomo? Tomo. Tomo was the little doggy <gasps> at the coffee shop. If you ever end up in Lester, please go to Lester sure Coffee House. Tomo. Tomo. Uh, Tomo. Sure, either way. So let's just say Tomo for now because who cares? It doesn't really matter. Go to Lester Coffee House. Uh -huh. Go say hello to Tomo. He is the little black dog that is the logo of the yeah. coffee house. He is adorable. He's, he runs the show. He runs the show. But Gail, who runs the coffee shop, yes. makes a fantastic pour-over coffee, which we found at the very end of our trip. I don't know why we didn't go to this coffee house mm -mm. to begin with. We were just frazzled. But it was a, a great little coffee spot uh, to walk around and also to see a dog go and get good coffee. Oh my gosh, for 45 minutes, I just rubbed this doggo and yeah. it just made my whole life. And I just like sipped a cup of coffee that was absolutely delicious that I hadn't had in like three weeks. I had a latte without any sweetener. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, that's our Pranvel. That was our time in Leicester. It was perfect for what we needed. We got a bunch of work done. We, have, we had so many Portugal planning meetings yeah. at that dining room table. And that's when a place that's just set up for like living and working works well. Cause I could even see at the place we're at now, would've it would been, not have been conducive no. to that. Mm -mm. It's just not comfortable. There's not a good Wi-Fi set up, but Lester, that place worked out. So check the show notes if you want to uh, check out that Airbnb and you can get a little tour of it. Great. Let's move on to the heart of the episode. Okay. And in this episode, we are talking about a topic that we talk about many times in many different ways, which you know we're big fans of, which is experimentation. Yes. But we want to talk more specifically about kind of normalizing some of the emotions that can, and the doubts that can go along with experimenting. Because we often talk about experimentation through the lens of like, using it as a tool to figure out what works in your business, right? So it's like you have to kind of try different revenue models. You have to try different marketing channels. You have to test things until you land on something where all the puzzle pieces come together and fit. And we're like, yay, experimentation. That's how you get to a, a business that works, right? What we don't talk about is how it feels to experiment when the experiment fails. 
Yeah. Well, when just, you when it doesn't go the or way. Or just you... how it feels to experiment, period. Yeah. Because I think that the the platitudes of online business are so easy to throw around. And even right. for us, we're the same way. Like, find your enough number. And someone hearing that's like, yeah, but what does that mean? Like, I don't even right. know where to start. And it's like, okay, yeah, like we need to send you to our enough article so you can go through it. And like, this is a whole process thing. Experimentation is the same way. It's like, okay, like, but what do you mean? Like, do exactly. I just start posting on TikTok every day and like see what happens? You and, could. That's and, an experiment. And that is an experiment for sure. But I think a big part of the whole talking more about experimentation and normalizing it is to discuss the fact that there are highs and lows with it. But the whole point of experimentation is to try, because it's impossible to do it, removing your emotions from your actions. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the reason why the framing of experimentation is such a, a good frame for it because when you're a scientist and you're going in, you just have a hypothesis and you know, however the results of that experiment go, you don't think you're a bad scientist because it turned out a certain way. It's just very almost matter of fact. Like I tried this, I thought it would go this way. It didn't, it went this other way. Great. Now I know one way that doesn't work. Let me try the experiment again a different way. And you know, I know business, especially those of you listening who run businesses that are very much built on your personal brand or you're a solopreneur or whatever, it feels so tied to your identity. But we need to be aware of that so that when we do enter some of these phases where you're being a little bit more experimental, you're trying things, you're not so tied to the outcome that it's going to deflate you completely and you're not going to keep going. However, that's a very normal emotion. And I think that's what we want to talk about in this episode. Yeah. I think there's also a different roller coaster that happens with different types of experiments because I, I know we're going to talk about one, but you know, some experiments that you run, they're pretty emotionless, right? It's just like, okay, I've never written articles before. So I'm going to write some articles and I'm going to publish them on my website. And like, there's not a lot to that because there's right. not really a good feedback loop there. It's just or even like, like, oh, let me try this lead magnet versus that lead magnet. That's totally very emotionless. emotionless. You're just like, I'm doing it and I'm hoping that some results happen. It's not a big deal. Then there are other ones that are like, oh, I'm going to start posting, let's say, YouTube videos consistently mm -hmm. every week. That's an experiment with a ton of emotion attached to it because you're putting yourself out there. You're putting your face out there for everyone to see. You're very uncomfortable in that situation, most likely, and you don't know what's going to happen. And a lot of times you, you don't, you try to have low expectations, but it's impossible to not see how other people's experiments go right. or YouTube channels specifically and like videos and views. And then you get like 16 views on a video and you feel like, oh, that failed. Right. And so I just think that there's something to be said for the idea of experimentation. It's not created equal for everything that you do. And just to understand that, again, all we're trying to I think do in this episode is to talk more about the feelings of experimentation and normalize them. So that hopefully you go into the next thing that you're working on in your business and go, okay, like, I know what I'm going to expect with that. It's going to be really emotional and I'm just going to have to prepare for that. But again, I'm looking at it as an experiment and I'm just going to see how it goes and I'm going to track the data. Or I'm going to go into it and be like, this is an experiment. It's not a big deal. And then I can move on to the next thing. Yeah. Something that just came up for me when you were talking is... Because you weren't listening when I was talking. Something right? that just came up for me specifically from listening to what you were just saying <laughs> is that... I don't think we talk about enough. Like if you're doing experimentation right, 99% of the things you try aren't going to work. Do you know I what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I don't think it's as high as 99%, no, 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 but, but, I, but I get what you're trying to say. You get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It's like, I think we don't spend enough time just acknowledging the fact that the very nature of that way of going about business and that way of figuring out what works in your business, setting the expectation 
that you are going to get more failed experiments than you are right experiments. Because the second you find something that does work, you've kind of ended the experimentation phase. You know what I'm saying? And the goal is it's like... Not really ended. Right, but it's whatever that visual is that you can think of. But the one that I always go to is that guy that's like digging in the mine and he's like so close to the diamonds. And like, if you've never seen that image, feel free to Google like guy digging in a mine, getting close to mine. It's a little cartoon. But it's like... The experiments are every time you're chipping away at exactly. the, the hole. And you don't find a diamond. And you're not diamond. hitting a diamond. Yep. And what you have to realize is that you have to hit 99 pieces of rock before the 100th one is the experiment, which is, I think, what you were saying. And I do think that for a lot of different facets of online business, people give up after the first swing of the axe right. in, the, in the mine. And what you have to realize and the mindset you have to have is, oh, I'm going to take 99 swings. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to do a bunch of different stuff. Like let's just say because it's just the most topical thing to to discuss. You want to start using TikTok for your business. And you're like, "Okay, I'm going to start posting videos on TikTok, but you try it one way that you've seen someone do and you don't get much viewership and you feel really awkward and you're like, "Ah, TikTok didn't work." It's like that's only one swing of the axe. Like you have to f- go and find another way that you want to do it and then try that for a couple different days, weeks, whatever. That didn't work. Okay, then it's time to pick up the axe again and swing again. And I think that's the mindset that most people don't have. They have the one swing, hit, don't hit a diamond, and then that thing doesn't work and we move on. Right, and I think why they do that is because they haven't figured out a way to flip it in their own brain with the swinging of the axe thing. Where, like, to me, I almost, like, I wish I could reach through the podcast, your earbuds right now. And for every single person, like I I wish I could give them the secret that we know, which is that every time that you have a failed experiment, I get so excited because I'm just like, well, that's one thing that didn't work. But, but every time I try something new going forward, I know not to try that. And that's one more swing of the ax. And it's like, it's such a win win. It's not a lose. It's like when something doesn't work out, it's a win because you learn something. And I know that's so cliche, but really, if you can find a way to reframe it in your mind as not a failure, as not something that didn't work, but just like one more swing of the ax and you're closer to whatever that, that thing is going to be that does work. Yeah. So let's talk about our specific example that we wanted to go over, which, and really it's not just this, it's our whole YouTube channel in general, which is kind of like one of the things we thought that we could share as far as experimentation goes that like, really we have never hit on a win with our YouTube channel, except for one video, which is our first packing video that had its own little viral moment and got a hundred thousand views in like a month. Right. And that's, and but, that's, you know, for so many reasons, right? Because we don't prioritize it and we haven't. Yeah. But we have run these little experiments along the way where we've gone, okay, like for the next six weeks, let's just prioritize consistent content. Yep. Let's not try to game it so much. This isn't like our full-time marketing channel. Yep. But let's just like try some stuff. Yeah. Give ourselves permission to try some different formats. Yeah. And so even just taking you on a little bit of a journey besides the one that we just have written here is in the very beginning when we started our YouTube channel, it was, okay, let's kind of do like a... It's like a vlog, but without a lot of extra footage thrown in. And just like, we're building Wandering Aimfully, let's just share how that's going. And so we were creating these videos and we were sharing them. And like, truthfully, it's kind of boring. Like, you really have to love what we're creating to be interested and really like us. And thankfully, there's a small group of people that did. But then that kind of ran its course. And then we were like, okay, well, what if we just kind of pivot and just like really lean into the boring and let's do these unedited meetings. Mm -hmm. And we'll just record like these hour long meetings that we always have just to let people in on 
this is what actually it takes to like talk through business stuff. Mm-hmm. And those were fine. But again, like no one found them. It was just the same audience. Yeah. Just to bring some context, like what we're looking for here is like, we know that our primary purpose behind our YouTube channel is to grow deeper with our audience because we're not devoting resources to like really growing through that channel. Right. However, if we're going to put any time into it, even though it's for deepening, it would be nice to find an idea where it is attracting new people to our audience, right? So that's kind of the strategy that we're trying to solve for. We're not trying to be big YouTubers. It's more of like trying these different ideas. And if we're going to put effort into it, it would be nice to hit on something where you go, oh, like that kind of clicked with an audience. And we we had talked about that before too. It it was like, okay, if our videos consistently got 1,000 to 5,000 views, that's a win. Like right. that, to us, that's, that, that means it clicked, right? Right. Like that's all we need. We're not looking for, and still to this day, like that's kind of where we're at. Like that would be great. And you know, I think some of our travel videos have done that pretty easily, but they're travel videos. They're right. not business videos. So it's a different we thing. We can't travel for the rest of our lives. Exactly. But then we tried our growing through it series, which is a really good series. It's super helpful. But the experiment that kind of failed for that one is it just takes too long. Mm-hmm. It's just so in depth and it, it just took like, 40 hours to make one video. Which is very similar to another idea that did click, but was too time intensive, which was the Basfa series. Love the Basfa series. So the Basfa series is an example of where the growing through it series didn't really get much viewership, but the people who did find it said it was super helpful. The Basfa series got the most viewership per video. It actually hit all the metrics That's we could want. building a Squarespace site from start to finish yeah. and documenting that process. And you can see why, right? Because you're attracting some keyword, uh, some search traffic there. And so, you know, it, it took care of it from that perspective. But in order to create that content, it was deeply intensive. Yeah. And you could argue not entirely... Uh, aligned with our audience. Yeah, and and I think that was also kind of in the phase of Wandering Gameplay where we were trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Like we were we were kind of willing to do a lot more experimentation to see what really stuck so that we could figure out our positioning. So I, I bring those examples up and I'm not going to go through every single video we've ever made in our channel, but just to share some of those experiences and what we learned, experiments, and what we learned from them and, and then how we moved forward. And we would go, okay, like we don't want to do this one because it didn't get any viewership, but also like it just took too long. Like let's pivot to a different one. Okay, so we're going to start this new one and we're going to not bring any of the previous expectations or uh, feelings of the past videos. This is like a whole new set of videos that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think we did a really good job of never letting low viewership or low comments or just no real growth get to us. Mm-hmm. And it was always just, again, let's pick up that ax, let's chip away at this, this hole here, and let's see if we can find a diamond. Yeah. And I think that's for a couple reasons also, because I just always, I made the commitment up front that we were always, well, first of all, it's, uh, sorry, it's so many things. Number one, <laughs> it's that not all of our eggs are in the YouTube basket. Yes. So it becomes a lot easier to detach yourself from the outcome because the outcome isn't our you know, linchpin for income, right? So that helps. But also in my mind, I've just committed that like, we're always going to keep making videos right? no matter what they are. So that allows me to focus my effort on the input and not the output. And so the, I just, I've already made the commitment in my head that I'm going to continue to experiment. So however the experiment goes, doesn't matter because it's not indicative of whether I'm going to stop experimenting or not. Exactly. So it's like, that's what, that's kind of the mental shift that I want some people listening right now to make is I'm just committing to experimentation as a mindset. And however the experiment goes, I'm not going to let it stop me from keeping swinging the ax. Yeah. Or the, what is that? It's a little pickaxe. Pickaxe. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and I think that's a really good point. And the, the interesting thing about any experimentation in business, just to reiterate, is that you're, you're not putting all of your effort into one thing, and if that thing doesn't work, then your experiment fails, then you, your business crumbles. Like That's part of just being a good, smart business owner, right. is realizing, I'm going to be growing my business and working on my business for the next couple of years. And so video or Pinterest or TikTok or email marketing or you know writing articles or creating products every single quarter, whatever, that's just a part of the journey for me. And so I'm going to be doing all of those things. And then each one I'm going to break down and say, okay, like now how am I, how am I trying to do this in a different way or a unique way or a way that feels really aligned with what I want to do? Mm-hmm. So coming back to our videos, because the one uh, <clears throat> format that we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit more for experimentation, now that you kind of have the stage of how much experimenting we've done on YouTube and haven't even talked about a bunch of other things. So we've been doing these travel videos throughout this year. And we kind of offhandedly came up with this format of, uh, what we did, what we ate, and where we stayed. It was like these three little buckets for, for each. kind of each country we got yeah. to. Yeah, so we, would, we did one from Lisbon, then we did two in Ireland, and so on and so forth. But then we got to this place about six months in where like, we were bored of doing that. We were bored. We were, it was not great for us to film because also we were running into some process friction because I really like to know ahead of time, ex- not exactly what I'm going to say, but I like to have it very well thought out. Yeah. And Jason sees that as a script, which I don't read it like a script. Yeah. I, I just, I take, but I like to f- like fully flesh out the sentence and then just say it in a more natural way. Whereas Jason, that really trips him up because he can't, he can't, he thinks of it like a script and he just, my brain just, he stops. doesn't want it, yeah. want to read from a script. So we were running into a little bit of friction there and we were just like, we need to switch it up. We need to try something different. Yeah. So we had this big brainstorm. We came up with this idea, this different format that we could experiment with. We thought we'll, we'll do it for at least these four videos. And we ended up not because I, my eye thing, we only got two of those videos recorded. However, now having two of them published, it's just clear that it doesn't work. Yeah, so those two videos, if you want to check them out, there are two uh, Scotland videos. I'll link them in the show notes if you want to check them out. But the idea was we sat down and we just said, okay, recording videos is not fun right now for both of us. What's a way that we could try and make it fun? Like, let's have an experiment of adding more fun into the videos because, again, these videos are not the most important thing. And maybe in a separate podcast, if you really like this conversation about experimentation, if you want us to talk more about what about not fun stuff? What about stuff that really matters? Like, how do you do that? We can talk about that in a separate episode. But for this specifically, we just wanted to find something that we both got excited about. And so through a lot of paper scribbling and like a bunch of crappy ideas being thrown at the wall, we came up with this idea that seemed fun. And it was, if you watch those two videos, it's kind of this like little keyword thing where we would just say them. And then we would just be able to kind of riff a little bit, Mm -hmm. which I loved. But we knew ahead of time what the topics were going to be. Yeah, and I loved it too. I mean, it was really fun to film. Yeah. The problem is that... Now, looking back, we can see that it would be a good format for like a Q&A or something like that. Yeah. It's not a great format for any type of narrative storytelling because it comes across so, um, the timeline is so jumpy that yeah. your brain can't really follow the narrative of yeah. like what it is, the story or what you're trying to communicate. And so for us, just the product doesn't match what we, the vision that we had for it. And so it becomes clear that the experiment isn't really... Well, and how did it become clear? Just to... If someone's like, well, how do I know if the experiment doesn't fail? Because two, two things for me were very clear because I watch our YouTube channel very closely and I'm the one who follows all the comments and the analytics. Number one, the videos got so much less viewership. Right. 
And I thought they would get maybe more viewership just in the fact that they were very focused on like one thing and that shorter. was interesting and shorter. That um, was part of the experiment. That was part of the experiment. But the second thing that I really noticed was way less comments. Yeah. And for me, I think these days in the YouTube world, comments are kind of more than anything else. Like I don't even look at likes. I don't care about likes at all mm -hmm. because it's just like, I don't know, who cares? But comments to me show that someone cares. Like, had an emotional response in some way, whether right. good or bad, to leave a comment. If they have no emotional response and we get no comments on a video, that to me means like, okay, this this didn't really like grab their attention whatsoever. Right. And I'm not saying we have to like create salacious content that grabs people's attention. We know our videos are gonna, for the most part, be fairly boring. Yeah. But I want them to be the least amount of boring as possible for someone to actually want to engage with. Yes. And and again, going back to what's your purpose, if it's to create a deeper connection with your audience, it's not doing that, right? Yeah. So the point I want to bring up there is, first of all, we're always experimenting. But yeah. second of all, like, you know, as much as you can kind of divorce yourself from the emotional response of that, it does suck to have an idea and to and to go, oh, like... People, we were excited about it. We were like, oh, yeah. maybe people like this. And then to be like, oh, no, it didn't work no, out. No, they, did. <laughs> no, they, they didn't. didn't. They, they didn't, didn't like it. That's yeah. okay. Um, and so I just... But, like, we feel that feeling and we just go, okay, great. Yeah. Like, what now what? Like, And I, I do think there's a little bit of, like, an objective scientist yourself when you yeah. look at something. Like, we would go back and watch through those two Scotland videos and go, yeah, okay. I, I could see how this is just not not as fun to watch. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, it doesn't take you long in the journey. And I think the format that we had created before is a better format for telling the travel story. And... I just think it makes more sense to go back to that, especially if we don't want to try and like come up with a whole new way of doing things. Cause yeah, because normally we would then experiment again, but I do think our goals have changed where yeah. going back to the other format is totally fine. But that get that gets me into... You got some tips? The end of this, which yeah. is we all know that like trying an experiment and not having it work out the way that you wanted it to sucks. And so I just wrote down some notes about what kind of mindset... Uh, shifts or, or reframing ideas can help it suck a little bit less. Yeah. So these are my tips. First one, remember why you wanted to experiment in the first place. Yeah. So for us, I could be sad that people didn't like, you know, resonate with it. But what lessens the blow of that is remembering, I wouldn't go back and change it because remember how we felt at that moment when we wanted to do something different. We were totally bored with our own content. We were not having fun filming it. And so I don't regret trying that experiment. We needed something to help us pick up that pickaxe. Exactly. And, and so at least, did. Yeah. and so at least we made those two videos because had we done, done our old format, we probably wouldn't have even made the videos. Exactly. So I think that's one big thing is just remember why, whether it was like, oh, I, I felt like I wanted to grow or I, I felt boxed in by my old content and I wanted to like step outside the box or there was a reason why you decided to run the experiment. So even if it didn't work out, like remember why you made that choice. Yep. Okay, second one, realizing people don't care or notice as much as you think they do. <laughs> so true. I mean, this is one I think for anybody who has posted videos specifically on YouTube, it's like every time you hit publish, you think everyone is just waiting for your video to or come up. Or anything, like you try launching a new product and the sale doesn't go very well. Or you try like a weird off the wall sales email idea yep. and like nobody replies to the email, all these things. There's a self-consciousness that follows that where totally. you just go, you feel judged or you feel like, oh, how embarrassing. I put myself out there. I, I stepped outside the box and like it, it didn't work. But people are not paying as close attention to what you're doing as it feels like they are. Exactly. All right, the third one here, Carol. 
So the third one is that I, I think this is a big concern that we get, you know, from waymers and people inside the community is like they're afraid that experimenting looks like flakiness or unsureness and they feel kind of self-conscious about that. And what I would say is that might be the case. It might look flaky like you're all over the map or it might be like you can't land on an idea. But remember that that's not what people are going to be thinking when you finally do find the thing that works, right? Exactly. Like you have to withstand the discomfort of whatever you think that judgment is, which by the way, see previous point to people probably aren't even paying that close of attention. Yeah. But if they are and they're judging you, like, and if that really does impact you, remember that there's going to come a time where if you can just keep pick, picking up the pickaxe, something is going to hit, something is going to work. Yeah. And people don't have a very long attention span or memory. Yeah. They're going to perceive you differently when that happens. Yeah. You know? and, and like, I remember back at the beginning of Wandering Aimfully, especially the first year and a half, I felt like we were throwing spaghetti at the wall every month. Yep. It was just something different every month. And we were just throwing stuff out there. And at, if you just looked at us from the outside, you'd be like, wow, these people are just, they're doing a lot of stuff. And I don't really know what any of it is. And like, is any of it working? Like they just, people don't know. And from, from our side, it could be, you know, we look at the numbers and like Wandering Infly's not growing, people aren't buying, and we think everyone thinks we're failing. But I think from the outside, everyone's just like, yeah, they're just doing a bunch of things. And fast forward three years yeah. later, and we do have it figured out. We found the diamond. For now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it's going back inside the mind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's a big part of it is just realizing that attention span does not last for people's judgment. Yeah, and also just on the topic of people judging you, because obviously we all know it would be great to be completely separated from people's judgments of us, but we're human beings, we want to be accepted. And so I think also just a reminder that if anyone is judging you for quote-unquote flakiness or experimenting, they probably want different things than you want, right? Yeah. So there's no point in trying to see your life through their lens because they're judging you against their own set of values, which is like, I want to stay in the box or I don't want to step out too far or do something weird or try something or risk. And that's okay. That's good for them. But don't judge your own life based on their values. Yep. Judge it based on your own. Final tip here is that remember that uncertainty is relatable and that no one is perfect or knows what they're doing as much as people pretend to. And I also think this is just a good example of we share our two Scotland videos that didn't do well openly and publicly in this podcast to say that they didn't do well so that you can go, okay, great. Like, it's nice to hear the people that I hear create a lot of content or do a lot of things that like they tried something and it didn't work. Yeah. And this goes back to the whole topic of the episode, right? Which is just normalizing it. Like we all experience that. None of us knows exactly what we're doing right out of the gate. And the last point I want to hit on here is just finding a way to turn something that maybe you see as a negative, you know, this experimenter's mindset that you haven't figured it out yet. What, I, you, haven't, you haven't gotten your offer quite right yet or you haven't figured out your marketing channel or whatever and spin it into a positive. Like have confidence about the fact that you have the courage to risk, you know, uncertainty and to try different things and see it as a pro thing about yourself and yeah. not a con. Yeah. And that's what I've done. And so again, going back to it's all a win-win because if I'm the type of person who wants to grow and who wants to figure things out and has curiosity, of course, I'm going to be the type of person who tries different things and not all of them are going to work, but I see that as a character asset, not a flaw. Yeah. And I think the big thing here when it comes to experimentation too, is if you're not a big experimenter, if you're not someone who has been doing this a lot, it's going to be hard to get started Yeah, and you're going to feel all this pressure and you're going to feel all these emotions, but the more experiments you do, the easier they get and the less pressure that you feel. And again, it's like I said earlier, if you look at your business a couple years in the full picture of what you're working on, 
it's it, there's not so much pressure to start a TikTok account tomorrow and like if it doesn't work, your business is a failure. It's like, no, that's just one small experiment in my laboratory of things that I'm going to try to make my business a success or to help it grow in some sort of way. Yes. So to leave you with something, if you are in the thick of it right now, if you feel like you're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, just know that you're completely on the normal path yep. to business ownership, that you are right there with us, that yep. we're still doing that. And that experimentation is a totally normal part of the business process. And all the emotions that you're feeling are a normal part of that as well. Hey, what do you want to say to anybody who's in the thin of it? If you're in the thin of it right now. Yeah. Goodbye. And congratulations. And goodbye. Like, I think that's it. Just like if you're in the thin of it, goodbye. But if you're in the thick of it, stay, you, you stick gotta around. You got to stick around. But if yeah. you're in the thin of it, you did it. it just enjoy. Congratulations. <laughs> Great job. Thin mints are delicious. <laughs> Speaking of things. If you're in the thin mint of it. Okay, that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Thanks for listening. See you. Goodbye.